simple, but let's just start out with a little simple theology lesson, all right? Ready for this? God is good and the devil is bad. Can we remember that? God is good and the devil is bad. Now, Jesus, that's not just James Brandt word. Jesus made it very clear that the will of God for us as Christians to live an abundant life. In fact, that's why Jesus came to this earth. Amen? Amen. And how many of you know Satan and evil spirits are trying to prevent that from taking place in our life? It's just that simple. We have an adversary. Now, I want to show you a passage that will drive this point home even more. Maybe you've never read this passage in connection with healing before. Go to the book of James, James chapter 1, and I want to read verses 16 through 18. Hallelujah. It says this, listen to this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now I want you to notice this. That it starts out by saying, do not be deceived, my brethren. How many of you know that's talking to Christians? We already know those who have not made Jesus the Lord of their life, they're already in deception. That Right? They think they're okay. All right? He says, my beloved brethren, a sinner, an unbeliever, they're not beloved brethren. All right? But listen to this. If the word of God tells us not to be deceived, then just know that there will always be a temptation to be deceived or to fall into this trap of deception. All right? And what is the trap of deception that this is talking about? Listen to this. Being deceived and believing that something that's associated with the devil, such as sickness, disease, and bondage, is from God. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. What is he going to say? Every good and perfect gift. Now, sickness, disease, bondage, that doesn't fit in the category of a good and perfect gift, does it? I want to kick that thing out of my life. Amen? So he's saying, don't be deceived. Some of you here, some of you listening to me on the radio and internet, some of you watching this broadcast around the world have wrongfully accused God of placing bondage in your life. When the truth of the matter is, it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right? And you need to realize that God is for you, he's not against you, and that he has a future and a hope for you. All right? God has not changed his mind about his will for you to be in health, for you to be healed and live in the abundant life. He has not changed his mind. He never will because every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Sickness, disease, and bondage, all of those things promote death. It's darkness. Promotes death. We serve the Father of lights. Amen?
Now look at uh, James 1.18 here, the last verse of what I read. It says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God, by his own free will, I like this, Catch out, take hold of this. God, by his own free will, brought forth the word of truth. Why? Why did God bring forth the word of truth? What in the world does that mean? Well, it goes on to say that we as Christians might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let me break that down for you. It means that God, through his son Jesus Christ, has made a way for his original intent for mankind to be restored. He brought forth the word of truth. Listen, when God created everything, right in the beginning, and God said, let there be, blah, blah, he made everything, right? He made everything. Sickness, disease, and bondage was not on that list. Those words did not come out of God's mouth. Are you hearing me? Those things are associated with the curse that entered when Adam sinned against God. You understand? I mean, if you miss that point, you'll miss the whole point of divine healing and the will of God in divine healing. You'll just miss it. So take hold of that. God never created it. It came in when sin came in. You could say it this way. I always have to hammer this point at healing services because there might be someone new listening, watching here. All right? Listen. Sin was the gate that allowed the curse to enter this world. So sickness, disease, and bondage, you could say, are the fruit of sin. They're the fruit of the curse. All right? And listen to this. God hates the fruit of sin just as much as he hates sin itself. Really? Wouldn't that make sense? To say that sickness, disease, and bondage are the will of God, you are really saying then that sin, the curse, Adam falling was the will of God. And that is not the case. That is not the case. All right? I mean, to say that sin sin's the will of God, you can't even trick a sinner into believing that. Are you, you know what I'm saying? But look how easy Christians fall for the bait of Satan, saying that sickness, disease, and bondage is the will of God. All right? They're the fruit of the, of the fall. They're the fruit of it. But through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the provision has been made available to live, come on, sin-free, curse-free, sickness-free, disease-free, and bondage-free. Come on, that in a nutshell is the gospel or the good news. Amen? That's the good news. And then to put a cherry on top of that, we're going to live in heaven for eternity when we leave this earth. But in the meantime, say in the meantime, God wants us living an abundant life on this earth. And nobody can ever talk me out of that. I'm convinced. I'm ruined. Amen? Now, listen. It is interesting that James 1.18 refers to the word of God as the word of truth. Listen to this. I talked a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday morning that God's truth, the truth of his word, is greater than natural facts. 
You remember that? You who were here, RCC, you remember that, right? Listen, the natural fact is that you have a sickness, you have a disease, or a bondage in your body, a bondage in your soul. The Word of God says that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. The Word of God says, basically, in a nutshell, the prison door is open. Why are you still sitting in there? Listen to me, though. Listen. That is the very essence of faith anyways, isn't it? Believing and being fully convinced before you see it manifested in the natural? Isn't that faith? I mean, were, I mean, if you actually had the thing in your possession, if you already had that blessing, what do you need faith for? You don't. Faith is the thing that takes hold of it when you don't see it, and it brings it and it manifests in the natural realm. <clears throat> Amen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, say evidence, of things not seen. Now, that's the law of faith. That's the law of faith. Faith is a substance and it's evidence. But in the, in the world's eyes, I mean, isn't that kind of crazy? The world says, well, I don't see anything. What are you so excited about? You still have this infirmity in your body. What are you, what are you getting so excited about? Well, they don't understand faith, first of all. Amen? That, I'm t- telling you the law of faith. Now, think about this. So the word of truth. The, in James 1.18, the word of God is called the word of truth. And the truth of God's word will always take over the natural facts. Listen to this. Think about it this way. We all know that the law of gravity is in motion right now, right? I mean, you, jump, you go up on the roof, you jump, you're going to hit the ground, right? We know that. You're going to hit the ground. However, listen to this. The law of lift defies the law of gravity. I mean, whoever would have thought that a hunk of metal could soar through the air like an eagle. The law, of gra- the, the law of lift overtakes the law of gravity, just like the law of faith will overtake the natural realm. Are you following me now? I'm talking about spiritual things right now. Amen? Hallelujah. So just think of the natural realm as like the law of gravity. And the law of faith as the law of lift. I I like that. That helped me out when when the Holy Ghost showed me that. Faith in God's word will overtake the natural facts in life. If you will simply believe, and like what Cindy talked about, that lady who wouldn't speak it out. I I just preached on that a few weeks ago, uh, how to release your faith. The importance of verbally releasing your faith. If you will simply believe and confess. You know what the word confess means? To say the same thing as. Confess God's truth in, in, in his word. And like Abraham, when, when God spoke to Abraham and Sarah and gave him the promise, Abraham has said he glorified God. He glorified him. He worshiped God. He thanked God before he even seen anything in the natural. And I'm telling you, if we will do that, it won't be long before the natural facts will begin to conform to the word of truth. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let me show you another verse that ties into this word of truth fact. Go to Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. Listen to this. 
This is powerful now. It's going along the lines of the thought life, the importance of your thought life. In fact, that's what I'm going to be preaching on tomorrow again, by the way, RCC. So uh, I tell you, I can't get off this thought life thing. It's so important. Listen to this. Finally, brethren, Christians, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now listen, I find it interesting that in th- this verse begins by telling us to think on things that are what? True. I believe that this is talking about a couple of things. First of all, the word of truth. The word of God. James 1.18, the word of truth. Meditate on things that are true. The word, the promises of God. The, the word of truth is greater, like I said, is greater than any natural fact. Meditate on the promises in the word. Secondly, on things that are true. Think on things that are true. Listen to this. Don't allow yourself to fall into fear by taking the bait of the mind games that Satan will attack you with. Things that are true. Remember I talked about this last week or the week before about how fear, people fear things that haven't even come to pass yet. Right? It's an imagination. The word says think on things that are true. And the word of truth overtakes natural facts. Are you hearing me? And the enemy will play mind games with you every minute of your life if you'll let him. But you need to cast those thoughts down. Amen? Galatians 3.13. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.13 through 14. The word of truth. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen, Jesus Christ, by his own shed blood, redeemed us, he bought us back, he delivered us from the curse of the law. See, listen, this is the thing that Christians really need to take a hold of right now. They think, well, now, wait a minute, Pastor James. you saying all this stuff. Does God really want me to live prosperous on this earth? Does he really want me to be healed? I mean, don't things just happen and, and all this? It sounds too good to be true. Yes, it is good, and yes, it is true. You know, the Word of God says in, in uh, what is it, 2 Corinthians one twenty, I believe, that all the promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. You know that scripture? Listen, we need to put the amen on all the promises of God. That's why you see some Christians, they love the Lord with all their heart. And I'm not saying they don't. They love the Lord with all their heart. But they might not believe in divine healing. They not, might not believe in deliverance. Well, they put the amen stamp on going to heaven. But they didn't put the amen stamp on healing. They didn't put the amen on deliverance from evil spirits. Are you hearing me? You need to put the amen on it. 
You know what the word amen means? Yes, so be it. You need to put the yes, so be it on all the promises. All the, come on, Psalm 103. All the benefits. For it's, the word of God says, forget not all of his benefits. Now, if the word says forget not, that must mean there's always going to be a temptation to forget in the midst of your storm. Forget not all of God's promises. Amen? Listen to this. You ready for this? I said this on a couple Sundays ago. We were created as humans to walk in the blessing. That was God's original intent. And God's original intent is still his intent today. Listen, we were never created to carry sickness and disease in our body. Did you know that? In fact, the way that God created our bodies, it heals itself. Amen? You cut yourself, guess what? After a while, it's going to start healing. There's properties in your body that go to work on healing. Even nature itself shows us that. God is known even through his creation. Are you hearing me? So we were created right in the beginning of time to be blessed. That's our portion. That's our inheritance. Now, there's a a little loop in there thanks to Adam, right? Eve didn't get her way by the name until after the fall. If you'll notice in there it says, and the woman, because she didn't get her name until until after they fell. But God told Adam, don't eat of that tree. Don't do it. Well, guess what? The, the woman did, and then she gave it to him, and the Bible says he ate by his own free will. All right? But we were never, we were never created to bear a curse. Never created for sickness and disease. It's totally against God's original intent, and it's still against his intent today. Amen? Now, so the will of God for his children, Christians, is to be living the abundant life free from the effects of the curse. There's a little loop around there. Adam, come on, Adam, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Why'd you eat that thing? But guess what? God sent his son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we can live totally free from these things. And I'll prove it to you. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Says Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, at, who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness that through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now, That's rich. That is a rich passage right there. I mean, just that, just those four verses right there. That about blow your mind. See, God's divine power has been given to us, made available for us. 
For all things that pertain to life and godliness. I said sickness, disease, and bondage. They all have the fruit of what? Death. The only thing sickness, disease, and bondage will do in your life, it will try to drive you closer to death. But the word of God says that he has given to us all things that pertain to life. Say life. Life. And godliness. See, we have divine help backing us up as Christians. Partakers of the divine nature through the promises that are in the word of God. Hallelujah. Switch gears here. Go to Acts chapter 10. Oh, hallelujah. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Listen to this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. Underline it. Who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Every person that Jesus healed, every person that Jesus set free, this scripture makes it very clear who the cause of that bondage and oppression was. And that is the devil. There was never a person that Jesus went up to who had a sickness a disease, or a devil, and said, boy, you're blessed. Because the fact is, those things are from the curse. They're totally, 100%, completely, against the nature of God. Are you hearing me? The whole purpose that Jesus came to this earth is summed up in this. Are you ready? Go to 1 John 3, 8. It's summed up right here. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins, or who makes a lifestyle of sin, or who practices sin on a continual basis, that's what that means literally in in the Greek. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. You know, when I first read that, When I first read that, when I first got saved, I was like, sin from the beginning? Well, I thought he was good at first. No, this is talking about the beginning of when God created humans. Because, you know, the devil was on the earth before God created the human. God kicked Satan out. So when it says he sinned from the beginning, from the beginning of what we know. Right? Because there was a time when, well, when he was Lucifer. Until pride came in his heart, he was kicked out of heaven. Right? That loser. Now look at 1 John 3, 8 here. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Oh my goodness. The whole purpose that Jesus came to this earth is summed up in this, to destroy the works of the devil. So everything that Jesus did, healing, delivering people, setting them free. He was undoing the works of the devil. Are you hearing me? He was tearing down Satan's kingdom. Jesus literally took all authority back from the devil through his death, 
burial, and resurrection from the dead. Isn't that good? To destroy the works of the devil. And he's still doing it today. Guess who he's doing it through? His body. Christians. Go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, 14 through 15. says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. This is Jesus saying this. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel or believe the good news. Jesus' mission always was to advance the kingdom of God. He preached the kingdom of God. Do you know that a kingdom represents the king? Everything in the kingdom is the will of the king. And the good news of the kingdom of God is that sickness, disease, and bondage has no part in it. Everywhere Jesus took the kingdom of God, sickness, disease, Demonic spirits, they were driven out of that place. Because the desire and the will of God is for those things not even to touch your life as a Christian. Like I said, now Jesus has commissioned us as Christians to advance the kingdom. His kingdom. The Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ. There should not be one bored Christian on the face of this earth. We got so much work to do on this earth. Amen? There's a lot of devils out there that need to be casted out. There's a lot of sicknesses that need to be driven out of people. A lot of diseases that need to be driven out. Amen? And we need to be bulldogs about this. Bulldogs. We are not only to lead people to Jesus Christ to get born again, but to also lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. We are to cast out demons. We ought to set people free in the name of Jesus. You see, listen to me. The preaching of the gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God is not complete without the preaching of healing and deliverance. God said that he would confirm his word. The reason we see miracles happen, the reason we're seeing good things happen, because we're simply, not because of our holiness or what we are, because we're simply Proclaiming the word of God. Any Christian who will do that, it don't matter if you're in full-time ministry or not. God is true to his word. Amen? Listen to this. Even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray. A principle in the Lord's Prayer. He taught us to pray to our Heavenly Father, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I want you to notice that there is no if. There's no if in that prayer. There's no if it be thy will. Let heaven come down to earth. But no, Jesus basically was telling Christians be bold about it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you this. Do you think there is one single sickness, disease, and bondage in heaven? 
No. So God desires the characteristics of heaven to be on earth. Come on now. And we are to be partakers of that divine nature through Jesus Christ. I like that. Say that with me. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, if Adam and Eve, Adam and the woman, as the word said, but Adam and Eve, if they would not have sinned in the Garden of Eden, they would have lived forever on a perfect earth. Do you know that? Free from the curse, free from sickness, free from disease, free from bondage. Every person who would have been born into there, it just would have been a paradise. Do you understand that? So now there's the restoration, and that restoration, you could say there's a, through Jesus Christ, there's a spiritual garden of Eden that every Christian should be living in on this earth. Are you hearing me? The benefits of the kingdom of God. Now this is interesting. In verse 15 here of Mark chapter 1, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says this, repent and believe the gospel or the good news. Now listen, I know we, a lot of times when people hear the word repent, they're always thinking, uh, you know, oh, you know, repent, repent, like people always use that word harshly. To, you, know, you know, always in the terms of getting saved. But do you know the word repent simply means to have a mind change. To change your thinking. To change your way you think about things. So when you repent, oh, that's good. Repentant, remember everything starts in the thought life. When you repent, you should be able to see it in your actions, by the way. Think about that. Connect that to the thought life. But anyways, the word repent means to have a mind change. And there's a lot of Christians, they love the Lord, but they need repentance in the area of the full gospel. Are you hearing me? They need repentance. They need a mind change because they've been filled with trash mindsets from dead religion. Are you hearing me? Spiritual poison, that's what it is. And they need spiritual Drano to flush that stuff out of them. (laughs) Amen? They need a mind change. They need to line their mind up, renew their mind with this book right here. Not what dead religion has taught them. It's time to get out of the group of the frozen chosen and receive the fire of God. Oh, come on. Receive the fire of God and the fullness of God. Believe it. That's all, all God's asking is simply believe. That's it. There is someone who, who rushed to Jesus. I, I can't, the exact account, I don't know if it was a, a man who brought his son for deliverance or a healing or something like that. But Jesus seen the fear on that man and, and everything. And he said, Jesus said, only believe. Right. Only believe. If you'll simply believe. That all things are possible. Hey, come on. If you're radical enough to believe that God is good, if you're radical enough to believe 
that through Jesus Christ, we can live on a higher plane than the world, higher plane than the unbeliever. Are you hearing me? The supernatural plane. Hallelujah. There's many Christians that need to repent in the area of divine healing and deliverance. Matthew 9, 35. Are you getting anything out of this? I know it is extremely hot in here. And I'm trying to plow through myself. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's, the anointing always puts you over. Amen? Amen. Matthew 9, 35. Hallelujah. If it's going to be this hot, we might as well just all move to Florida by the ocean and have church. Amen? <laughs> All right, or, or Hawaii or some like, place like that. All right, listen to this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues or churches, you could say in modern day language, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know, when reading the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can't help to come to the, to the uh, conclusion that Jesus hated sickness, disease, and bondage with a passion. Jesus loved hanging around and going into a group where there's sick people. You've got to come to that conclusion. conclusion. Listen, it takes demonic intervention in your mind not to see that. Let me say that again. It takes Satan or an evil spirit to blind a person's mind not to see that. Are you hearing me? Yes, yes, you online, you heard me. I mean, that, that's what Satan does. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, blinding the minds. Blinding the mind. Affect, trying to if, affect your thought life. Blinding people from the truth. I mean, what do you do with a scripture like 2 Peter uh, 1, 1 through 4? What do you do with, by Jesus' stripes we were healed? That it might be fulfilled what was spoken in. I, I, what, what do you do with all this evidence? I'm telling you right now. It takes demonic intrusion in the mind not to see it. And we come against that now in the name of Jesus. I come against every mind block right now. Every spirit of mind control. I command you to loose the people of God now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, how can't you see it? Jesus loved, he enjoyed, he took pleasure in seeing the lame walk, the blind seen, the disease healed. And it's interesting, when the shackles would come off of the minds of the people and Jesus was in a place, there's one part in the Bible where it says, and the whole city was at the door. Whole cities come out because their minds were starting to get set free and seeing the truth of the gospel. Oh, that's good. The whole city. 
There is absolutely no reason why the whole city of Big Rapids should come to serve healing and miracle services. Here, Big Rapids Assembly, who's, who's been having them in this area. There's no reason. That tells me that Satan is working overtime in this area. I, I'm telling you right now. Listen, I, I, it just boggles me. Someone who is on their deathbed, they have a disease. And, and, and you know, hey, can I pray for you? Or, oh, you, you've got to come out to our healing service. They won't even show up. Not even when they're on their deathbed. They won't let you pray for them. Not even on their deathbed. And I'm telling you right now, that's demonic interference right here. How evil is that? Not a desperation to be set free. Are you hearing me? Oh, I, I'm telling you, we're declaring war on Satan and evil spirits. There's nothing more that Satan loves than to take people to the grave so they won't be effective for Jesus Christ on this earth. So they won't take hold of the truth. They won't take hold of the truth and run with it. I'm telling you right now, God is enlisting people who are bold enough to tell the truth to people. I, I mean, there's, you know, Elizabeth and I, we, we, in the past, we've struggled with this. People maybe who were on their, their you know, deathbed and all that, and we just kind of tiptoe around them. Well, you know, if they, you know, if they don't believe them, we don't want to offend them. Baloney! You be bold to them. What's the alternative? They go to their grave. You be bold enough, and hopefully the offense will wake them up. We'll wake them up enough. We'll wake them up enough and realize Satan's trying to hold me back from the blessings. He's trying to blind my mind from taking hold of the truth. I'm telling you right now, it's demonic, people. It's demonic. Now turn with me to John chapter 5. Oh, hallelujah, I feel like I got a personal air conditioner on the inside of me now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm just getting warmed up now. John 5, <clears throat> hallelujah. John chapter 5, the Gospel of John, and verses 1 through 4. There is some very, there's a, out of these four verses, there's some very interesting points I want to pull out here that I believe is going to help you with something says this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the, into the pool and stirred the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now listen to this. This is interesting. Verse 2 says that there was a pool. And at certain times, certain seasons, the Bible just doesn't say, it just says certain times. An angel would come down and would stir the waters up. All right? 
And by that pool, by that pool, there was a, what they call a sheep gate. Now, the pool was called Bethesda. Now, this is interesting. You're like, where in the world are you going with this? Listen to me. The word Bethesda means this. The place of outpouring. Bethesda means this. Literally, in, in, the, uh, in the Greek, the place of outpouring. How else can I tie this together here? In John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus said this, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. We, listen, we as Christians are, are Jesus' sheep. We follow the good shepherd, Amen. Now what the Holy Spirit illuminated to me in this account is this. Are you ready for this New Testament application? Jesus is the doorway to the place of outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The place of outpouring of healing and to the fullness of the blessings of God. Listen. Are you ready for this? The waters are always stirring for us through Jesus Christ. Listen, the provision is always available through the door, through the sheep's gate, the door that the sheep, we are supposed to walk through. The provision is always available. The waters are always stirring. We do not have to wait for an angel to stir the waters in the new covenant. Isn't that good to know? See, a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, it's got to be just some incredible move of God before I get my healing or get touched. That's not the case. The place of outpouring is simply through the gate of Jesus Christ. And it's always available to us through Jesus. We have a constant and active flow of provision and outpouring for God's healing and delivering power. I want you to consider this. If God made provisions for healing in the Old Testament, how much more in this new and better covenant through his son, Jesus Christ? There's literally a scripture, Hebrews 8, 6, somewhere in Hebrews, it says that this new covenant is new and better. Better than the old. In fact, God revealed himself as the healer back in the Old Testament. Exodus 15, 26, God says, I am the God who healeth thee. And that was under a covenant that promoted death. Are you hearing me? Now we're under the covenant of grace, mercy. Are you hearing me? I am the God who healeth thee, he says. Now I want to show you something here. Go to 1 John 4. As I'm getting ready to close up here pretty soon. 1 John 4. Verses 8 through 10 I want to look at here. says, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. 
in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or sacrifice for our sins. If there is one attribute, attribute of God that we can hold on to and be confident that he wants us to live an abundant life that's free of sickness, free from disease and bondage is this, the love of God. Let me ask you this, those of you who have children, how many of you have ever wished upon or have taken pleasure in seeing your child with a sickness or a disease? Let me see your hands. Nobody. Why, then, do we accuse God of doing that? Because, listen, the love of God. The, and, and listen, this is just human love. You wouldn't even wish it upon your child. You don't take joy in your child because you love them. That's a human love. Now think of the love, the agape, the agape love of God, the perfect love of God. How dare anybody accuse God of taking joy and pleasure in seeing his children sick and in bondage? And I'm here tonight to shout from the rooftop that God is love and his will is for you not to be sick. Not to be diseased or in bondage. He loves you with the supernatural and perfect love. A heavenly love. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Consider this also. If God the Father sent his son Jesus to the earth to destroy the works of the devil then why would you believe it's his will for you to be attacked by the, by the one whom Jesus defeated? Did you catch that? It just doesn't make sense, does it? See, I'm telling you, it takes demonic interference not to see this. Demonic interference not to see that it's God's will to heal. John 3.16. Well, you know, physical healing's not that important to God. After all, he's just more concerned about our spiritual well-being, right? Well, the truth is, he's interested in every part. I can't stand when I hear that. I can't stand it when I hear people say that. When they try to belittle the promises and the benefits of the kingdom of God. Well, you know what? It was important enough for Jesus to work his tail off and go and heal the sick when he was on this earth for, in his earthly ministry for three years. Amen? John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life for god take hold of this now i know we read verse 16 a lot we leave out 17 a lot 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Saved from what? The effects of the curse. After all, that's what salvation is. The word salvation is the all-inclusive word. means healing, deliverance, preservation, soundness, peace. That we could be saved from that. Jesus did not come to the earth to condemn mankind. He did not come to this earth to let them continue to suffer with the effects of the curse. But to lift us up above the works of the devil. The psalmist said it this way. Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lead me to the one that will heal me and protect me from the enemy and the storms of this life. The word of God says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Take me to the rock that's higher than I. Take me to the rock That will help me and cause me to be a partaker of the divine nature. I'm here to tell you right now that God's love is stronger than that sickness. God's love is stronger than that disease. God's love is stronger than that infirmity. God's love is stronger than the devils that are binding you. The love of God is stronger than any curse. And if you will reach out to God tonight and simply touch him with the hand of faith, his power will flow through you. He will set you free from every chain of bondage. Psalm 145, 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious. Take hold of this. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. How many of you need his grace tonight? How many of you need his mercy tonight? The Lord is full of compassion. Let me ask you this. What then does compassion look like? Mark chapter 1, real quick here. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. What does compassion look like then? Is compassion just a simply... To mourn with you and, you know, just, you know what, I feel your pain. Tough, you're going to have to suffer with it. What, I mean, what does compassion look like? Now a leper came to him, to Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. That is true compassion. It's compassion when you know that you have the solution and you're moved to take action. It's compassion. When you know the truth of the word that says you go lay hands on the sick by, in faith and watch them recover. I'm telling you, 
It's not compassion if there's no action with it. Amen? Jesus was moved, literally compelled with compassion. And he's moved with compassion for you tonight. For you. For you listening on the internet and radio. Everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry, and including healing and setting people free from demonic spirits, was motivated by love and compassion for them. Because Jesus, God, is love. And Hebrews 13.8 says this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still setting people free today. He's still healing them today. He simply desires this. He says, come to me with childlike faith. Childlike faith. Just come to me with childlike faith. Now, I want to say this. I'm done with the message. But I have to say this because there's some people who they, they just never stop taking medication Never stop seeing your medical professional. You let the doctor confirm your healing. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. First of all, maybe there's someone in here tonight. You said, you know what? That sounds great, but I'm on the outside. And I'm looking in because I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward tonight. Just take that step and I want you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Just do it. Because you're outside of the boundaries. You, you don't even qualify for the promises because you're not a child of God right now. You must be born again, the Bible says. Maybe you're a Christian, you've strayed, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, I want you to come forward. You never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward. You need the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Now the rest of you, lift your hands and close your eyes right now. And I want you right now, if you've ever held on to any mindsets that were against the word, I want you just right now to repent of that. Tell God, say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I gave place to the enemy in my thought life. I, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for not seeing you as love. Forgive me for not seeing you as love. Now, if you need a healing, body, soul, spirit, whatever, I want you to line up at this altar right now. If you need a healing, just come forward tonight. As the music plays, rest of you worship the Lord. If you simply just want to get prayed for, for, for an uh, impartation, come forward. I'm going to be asking every person what you need prayer for tonight.
Get in an attitude of worship right now as the music plays. Just flow. Flow with the Holy Ghost right now.
glory thank you Jesus is there anybody else go ahead and just crank that music I like this song because it is a happy day turn that thing on the good news of the gospel hallelujah the prison doors are open hallelujah
you give the Lord a hand tonight? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Remember to contact us with praise reports. And uh, <clears throat> those of you watching online, thanks for watching tonight. Be sure if you're uh, home tomorrow, if you're in a different time zone, watch us. We'll be on at 10 o'clock Eastern, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here from RCC. But go to church. Amen. Go to your own church. Don't use the internet as a, as a substitute. Amen. All right. So, also, remember, anyone watching from Imlay City or Lansing, go to the, well, you should be on the website right now. Look at our schedule, and we expect to see you there in Jesus' name. God bless you, and thanks for watching. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, people, go out in victory in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah.